I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Princess on a Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Evanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. His name is Angel Ortega. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Obviously, we got UC Vegas 75 to go over. UC Jacksonville coming up this Saturday night. Bellator, as well as a bunch of MMA and boxing news. Before we get into all that, as always, we are brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy, keep me fueled up, keep me going throughout my day, whether I'm at home or at the gym. They keep me active, they keep me moving, they keep you also moving with code SOUNDOFF for 10% off. Elixir is the exact opposite, folks. Delta 8, 9, 10 HHC products, they will get you very high, but make sure you get some good sleep for, or honestly, whatever purpose you have it for. I like using it because I got a bad back, helps me go to sleep easy. Some people just like to get really fucking high, you know? So, and you can do the same with code SOUNDOFF. At checkout, Elixir.com, as well as Rogue Energy. Last Saturday night from the UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, middleweights in the main event, UC Vegas 75. Going into this one, we set it on the show. The betting line was straight up even. Pretty rare to see that. Uh, but in the end, though, not even competitive. Jared Kanier goes in there and just absolutely mauls Marvin Vittori. Puts in the best performance of his career. Less than a year away from being 40, man. He's going to be 40 in a couple months. And he just turned in the biggest win of his career and set nearly a, a record, uh, at least a UFC middleweight record for most strikes in a fight. Also landed in the top five for most significant strikes in a fight, period, in the promotion's history. Angel. You know, he said afterwards that he wants a title. He said he wants a title shot. You know, I didn't think that we were going to see Jared Cannonier get back to a potential title shot after his last fight against Izzy. But, dude, I mean, two wins in a row, including that one on Saturday. What would you think? I mean, good. It's good to see him bounce back, especially at this age, uh, after having a very disappointing outing in his, his uh, championship attempt. Um, is it title shot? No, not at the moment. I think, obviously, Robert has gotten some wins since his Izzy fight, obviously continuing to hold down his place in the division. For Marvin, man, I think this was actually quite disappointing. I didn't expect this outcome, I'll be quite honest with you. I didn't really... I guess I, it's I made a good point that I, that I heard was like, you know, what does Marvin Vittori do very good? You know, he does a lot of things well, but what does he do good? You know, where does he want the fight at? You know what I mean? And, you know, he can go out there and, and fucking throw bombs and has a good chin and, you know, has pretty decent wrestling, you know, and probably a pretty decent sub game along with that. But like, where does he want the fight to be? You know, it seems like maybe there's a, a lack of evolution, a lack of growth in his skills. And it almost seemed to me there, like, for a while, Josh, it was Robert Whitaker, Marvin Vittoria, Jerry Cannonier, and then the rest of the division. I might be wrong. It might be – and everybody else kind of in the middle falls in between, and then there's the bottom end guys of the top 15 rankings. Is it really Israel, Otis, Sonia, Robert Whitaker, and Jerry Cannonier, and then everybody else in between, and then the last final guys of the 15? Say that's the last part again for me, please. I said, is is it is it is it is it really just a is it really just a separation amongst everybody? You know, I I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think I do this fight. I mean, I don't know what to say about this one coming out of this fight, honestly, dude. I'm so in shock. I don't know. I mean, I granted, I watched this fight after everybody else did on Saturday. I watched this fight like Monday morning, and I even going into it, I kind of knew that uh, Jared Cannonier was gonna maul him. Um, but dude, I mean, I thought this really. 
Fuck me. I mean, that was that was a hell of a win, dude. I mean, he went ahead and Jerry Canyon separated himself from the pack. I mean, you, you I thought you played put it out there pretty well. I mean, you have a lot of those guys that I feel like in the middleweight division, at least overall, you have a lot of guys that are pretty well rounded, but none of them stand out. And I feel like Marvin is almost like the perfect encapsulation of that philosophy. Um, Jared Cannonier, I mean, he honestly looked like a similar case, but dude, he just looked better in every single facet of the fight, which I did not expect. Um, one last thing I did want to go ahead and, because I, I mentioned it earlier, and I did want to go ahead and get your thoughts on this. He did say afterwards that he said he's only focused on the title shot. And I'm not sure if you looked at the rankings lately, Angel. The only people above him are Robert Whitaker and I believe... They still got Alex there, I believe. Yeah, Alex. So, a guy who's a light heavyweight and a guy who's potentially fighting for, going to be fighting in a title eliminator. Jared Cannonier said that, uh, well, somebody asked him about it, and he said he'd be willing to fight Hamza Chimai for a potential title shot on the line. Looking at the rest of the division, dude, I thought that idea did not sound realistic, but now if you look at the division, it's actually not that far off, dude. I mean, who do you think will be next for Jared Cannonier? The winner, and I shit you not, the winner of Paulo Costa, Ikram Alisekirov. That fate, that fight may not be happening. Rick, because of Paulo. Yeah. <laughs> How did I know? But if it does happen, or whoever, whoever Ikram fights, I bet you, that could even be Chamaya. They might even be trying to force that fight on Chamaya. But it seems like Chamaya was trying to get a 170 bat against Kamaru, but apparently, there's actually no, I've heard there's no negotiations. Regardless, though, yeah. I feel like they're going to make Jared fight another no matter what, and it'll be someone near the top. Whoever that may be, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I fall on it, dude. Um, I thought, I mean, I'm, I'm still in all of that performance, man. I Never in a million years. I mean, we're talking about Jared Kenyon. Dude, I mean, <laughs> there's something I want, I want to make a joke, but I'm not going to. But, I mean, he really came out, I mean, that was a, that performance really came out of nowhere, if you know what I'm saying, man. Like, it's just, um, I was shocked out of that one, man. I mean, hell of a win by him. I do think a potential fight with Hamza Shamai makes sense. You mentioned the Kamaru fight. I know that he was calling for that for a while, but I haven't heard anything about that. That one just, you know, there are people saying, like, maybe it'll happen, like, Udabu Dabu later this year. Maybe it'll happen in, like, August or something. And then just, we haven't heard anything. We were one of those guys. Um, I know that they are saving Shamaya for that Abu Dhabi card. They're trying to make that one a really big one. I know they also saved Islam Makachev, who he offered to fight this summer, apparently, and they told him, no, we need you for that card, um, which I thought was interesting. I think a Kanyanir Hamza Jamai fight makes a lot of sense. Normally, I would agree with you, Paulo and, and Ikram, but I don't think that fight's going to happen. I think Paulo's got – I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, he said that he hasn't signed, signed anyway, so um, – <laughs> and this is like the second or third time that's happened with him. So it I don't know. Always, always some shit. Who did he fight last? Was it the Luke Rockhold fight? It was, it was, yeah, it was Luke. Holy shit. Which was a banger. <laughs> it was a banger, but I remember he had a, who, who canceled? Not canceled, but was it Strickland? I can't remember. Um, who no. he was supposed to fight and then. It was a banger I, though. I can't remember who he was supposed to fight and then he just, it just didn't. It was supposed to be in Australia, I remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember though. Um, nonetheless, 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 he has had a couple of, of those fights kind of canceled recently. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, I, I have optimism for Jared Gandy. That's something along, that he'll get a big fight. I think after this performance, you got to give him somebody big. And like I said earlier, I'd never in a million years would imagine that he'd crawl himself back to a title shot because he got 50-45. He was 38 years old. I mean, you don't see that happen, really. But apparently it is. So props to Jared Gandy. never in a million years, man. Um 
in the co-main event, though, uh, we do got to go ahead and talk about it, man. In the co-main event, Armand Sarukin gets a bit of a scare from, from Joaquin Silva. In the end, he still wins by uh, knockout in the third round. Afterwards, he called out Michael Chandler, um, who we'll talk about later. Poor, poor Mike, man. Um, he went for a potential payday of his life to facing Armand Sarukian. But nonetheless, it was a bit of a disappointing and uh, shocking performance uh, against the short noise replacement on Saturday. What do you think, man? Oh, I mean, kind of what I expected. Uh, nothing but a finish uh, was the only thing that I expected out of this, and that's what he ended up getting. Obviously, there was a scare in there uh, for a second, but, uh, you know, he showed his championship potential level, I think, or his, uh, you know, the, the fact that he was able to control himself when things got uh, out of order and a little bit out of his hand and was able to take the fight where he wanted it and get to a place where he could recover um, as far as the Chandler fight, I mean, I think there's potential for it. Are they going to do it? I don't know. Um, he didn't move at all from the, in the rankings because of that. Uh, obviously it was a ranked opponent. I, don't, I really don't know who you give him. I was thinking, I mean, I don't, I doubt to try to run it back with Gamrot just because it's so soon. Mm-hmm. But I was like, maybe, maybe a Fasiv, a Benil Daryush potential matchup. I, I, I don't know. Because I don't, I don't think they'll match up Michael Chandler Armand, and Armand Shakun at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, even RDA matchup, I'd be interested in. I know that's guy who's below him in the rankings. He's nine, but it give. And I mean, the only reason I say is because RDA is still ranked in this division. You might as well give him a good opponent, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they try to rub back in Adam Moicano. I don't know if they'll do that. Have, for some reason, I have a weird feeling they're gonna make him fight down someone like a. Dan Hooker, Dan Hooker beats Jay and Turner in their fight, or like I said, Mike Connell, maybe potentially Grant Dawson, but for some reason I feel like they're not going to give Armin like a name in a division like Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, or Charles, or Chandler. Yeah, I think most, I mean, I think he potentially could have gotten a really big fight had he gone out there and just smashed this guy, um, and then he didn't, and instead he actually got rocked and nearly finished, and that, and that sucked. Now, granted, I do think that he recovered in the way that you expect the top, the top ten guys do. And again, I'd like to point out to people that Armand Sarokin is still only 26 years old. Um, he is very, very young. So yeah, he's still going to make mistakes, man. Um, and he, he's not going to be perfect. Um, I agree with your points there. I think realistically, we, we should, he should not be looking at like a Michael Chandler fight. I think he should probably be looking for more like maybe a, maybe an RDA fight. I mean, granted, I don't think RDA wants to take on like a young contender, but, um, you mentioned Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner. That could be fun. Uh, Gamrot, probably not, but Fazeev, I think. I think a Fazeev fight could potentially happen next, as well as Daryush. I think those are all legitimate good shots. I do think him asking for Chan is not going to happen. Um, I would love it to. I think that fight's an absolute... That's that a banger fight. That's, that's an all-time banger right there, dude. I fucking love that fight. That's but two specimens right there, dude. It really is. And I think that fight will happen at some point. I think it will at some point. But next, probably not. Probably not. But, I mean, I... I Weird things have happened, especially with Chandler kind of sitting on the sidelines right now. We have no idea what's going to happen, so who knows? Yeah, but, he he kind of got cut. Like, I mean, we'll talk about that near the end of the show because we have to talk about like tough because because I feel like the thing is though, like I'm cutting you off a little no, bit. No, go, no, go for it, go for it. I feel like because of who he's lost to, he's not going to be fighting up anytime soon because obviously Justin and Gaethje are facing off. Charles is looking for a rematch in Abu Dhabi. You know. Hmm. Like, that really only kind of left Connor at the time as far as, like, a really big name. Like, like who else is he going to take on? You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, you actually make a pretty good point. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. The lightweight division is in a state of flux right now. Even Islam, I saw an interview with Islam Makhachev, and he went in and talked about it. Like, yeah, I was hoping to fight. I was hoping to fight, you know, Daryush, but now he lost. So I, I, I wanted to come back in the summer. UFC told me no. I, I really don't have a clue what's happening right now. Like he was just yeah. straight up. He, he was just straight up about it. He was like, yeah, you I let things play out. Yeah, he's like, I asked to fight in the summer. They told me no. They said I had to wait. I wanted to fight Daryush, and they had to fight Charles Oliveira, and he lost. Like he's like, so even if, if the champion has no fucking clue what's happening right now, I'm assuming nobody else does anyway. Um, I feel I feel like for some reason if Connor and Chandler were would were to still fight, which doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. I feel like if Chandler would have won against Connor, he would have got the winner of Dustin and and Justin in a Dustin and Justin so fucking hard to say in a rematch for a title eliminator. But if Connor would have won, Connor would have skipped the line and got the fucking title shot. If not, I feel like they would have matched him up against one of those guys to get the title shot next. Mm-hmm. I kind of disagree. I think the winner of Chandler and McGregor would get a title shot anyway. Just because the UFC knows it would be a huge fight. Like, if, if Michael Chandler goes out there and starts... I mean, he's already one of the most entertaining guys in the UFC, period. But if he went out there and, like, starts Conor McGregor... I mean, I, I think it would also depend how the fight would go, too, you know? Because, like, let's yeah. say it was kind of boring and drawn out. Yeah. For some reason. Which I don't I don't think it would be because of the two guys you got on there. And, mm. You know, like, I feel like they would potentially be hesitant to Chandler. Or maybe they wouldn't, because maybe they didn't know he'd fucking go out there and get be killed or be killed. Yeah, I mean, I think I, that's that's kind of why I think he get a touchdown anyways, because he is killer be killed, and I think that the UFC loves that type of shit. And I mean, even I mean, at this point, if, if hypothetically, if like Chandler were to go out there and fight Connor after waiting for all this time and he wins, he gets touchdown. I wouldn't be mad about that. He's been he's been kind of fucked over in this whole process. Um but anyways, anyways, I think we should move on. As far as the rest of the UC uh, Vegas 75 card goes, you know, it was a rough one for me personally uh, with CLD versus Arlen Petrosian. But outside of that, I mean, it was a pretty, it was a pretty fun card, man. Which fights do you most want to talk about? A lot of subs on the car, man. Some surprising moments. Obviously, uh, we had the, uh, what was it, the premature stoppage. Uh, Ronnie Lawrence, Dan Argetta, heartbreaking. Uh, you mentioned Modestus Bukakis last week. He came back with a win, man, against Zach Paga, which I was got, I thought about putting money on that one, but I was like, I'm hesitant. Good thing I avoided it. Mm. Uh, let's see here. What else? And then, uh, my, my highlight of the week, man, Manuel Torres over Nicholas Mota, KOTKO. Fucking elbow. Brutal, man. It's out there on Twitter. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. Probably the highlight of the week as far, uh, as far as that card specifically. Um, I'm, I don't, do you have anything else to mention or anything I didn't mention? Yeah, I was going to say that. That was more, that was a crazy, that dude, like, that's a, that's a knockout that, like, is rare, man. I mean, that was absurd. Just fucking step in. It was, it was, it was perfect. Perfect knockout. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have too many final thoughts, man. I think, uh, sucks for Zach Palga losing. Uh, opening fight of the card. Um, I saw some people thought he might have won that one, but regardless, uh, <laughs> he was like, "I'm not going to start that. I'm not going to get into it." Um, yeah, I think it's a robbery either way. Uh, <laughs> you know, our boy Jimmy Flick kind of short. That, uh, that one sucks because I really, I don't want to say I had hope for Jimmy Flick, but I remember he debuted with like, what was it, a fucking a flying triangle against Cody Durden or something, 
And then he's lost two in a row now, both by finish. That kind of sucks. But, you know, Nicholas Dalby picking up a win. He's kind of, he's kind of staying around here, man. He's, he's a veteran of the game that you don't really think about, but like three wins in a row since he joined the UFC in 2019. He's on like five and one or something. Like he's, he's, he's putting it together, man, in his second run. So you got to give him props, I think. Um, defeating Muslim Solikov, obviously. You know, it was a fun card. It was a fun card. It was not a perfect one. I think for an Apex card, it was solid though. Um, these Apex cards are, you know, very hit or miss. But you know what, Angel? We're back out on the road this week. We are back out on the road. Road UFC, trip. Road trip. UFC Jacksonville going out with the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. In the main event, ranked featherweights Josh Emmett, Ilya Tapuria. Josh Emmett been out of action since his loss to Yari Rodriguez and a battle for interim gold in February. Ilya Tapuria. One of the hottest guys in UFC right now, 13-0, and uh, all but one of those wins coming by the way of stoppage, including a dominating win for Bryce Mitchell in December. By the way, um, they put that shit on YouTube, dude. Did you see that? Yeah, I'm surprised they put it on YouTube. I know they allowed attempted murder on there. Um, anyways, man, this, <laughs> this, I'm very excited for this main event. What do you think, man? I think regardless, it's going to be an explosive one that uh, fans should tune into. Man, I, I am excited. I've been on the Elliot train for a while now, man. He was a guy that I, I kind of kept my eye on ever since he kind of stepped into the UFC. I was just like, there's something about this guy. I don't know what it is. And, uh, now look at the position he's in. He's fighting Josh Shemmett, a guy who was a, in a, in a title uh, eliminator fight, uh, where I get a vacant title bout, right? Interim champ is probably the proper way to put it. And, uh, He's getting an opportunity to fight the guy who was there in that position, the guy who just fought Yair, who's gonna be fighting Volk soon. Like it, it, the the competition he's facing now is is of the highest caliber, and he's one of these guys who's gonna come in and shake it all up, I think. And uh, he brings ex- exceptional power, has a good sub game, good counter wrestling, good wrestling. He seems like the well rounded fighter you kind of could see potentially in a championship fight. Uh, so man, this week I'm gonna go with Eli Tapura. It's been Eli Tapura this whole time. Um, and I mean that, and like you said at the start, man, that Bryce Mitchell, amazing, you know, fight, fight of the night performance, you know, is kind of think turning a lot of people's eyes to him, and he's gonna come in here and uh, I think potentially put himself in the title picture here real quick, or if not, or right after it. Yeah, I gotta give you props. I mean, you've been on Ilya as far back as I can remember, so, um, I mean, you, you yeah, I, I think he's gonna go out there and fuck him up. I'm a big Josh Emmett guy. I'm a big Josh Emmett guy. Us Josh has got to stay together. It is. It, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. It is what it is, you know. Like, no, but I have loved watching his because I never thought Josh Emmett was going to be a. Uh, I remember when he first came into the UFC and like he he lost to Desmond Green and he had like a couple of so-so performances. I was like, I don't think this guy's going to do anything. Uh, and even then, he got. I mean, he knocked out Ricardo Lamas and then he got murdered by Jeremy Stevens. Had to take off an entire year. But then after that, he put together a really nice run. I thought he did a great job, kind of fighting against time. You know, because he's a 38, about to be 39 year old featherweight. That's so rare. Uh, I think he's done a great job of fighting off Father Time until now. But now he's not fighting just Father Time. He's fighting a bad motherfucker in Ilya Tapori on Saturday night. So I'm gonna go ahead and take El Matador to go ahead and get the win. Um, I think it's going to be a banger though, regardless. Josh Emmett, nobody puts him out easy, so um, it's going to be an excellent fight on Saturday. I'm very excited for You know, co-main event, though, we've got some some ranked women, ranked uh, women's flyweights in the co-main. Amanda Hebos coming off a win over Vivian Audrero in March. 
uh, taking on Macy Barber, the future, who, you know, what's interesting is she kind of had her hype stolen by, like, some of the more, like, newer women, such as Aaron Blanchfield and a couple others, but she's still, like, quietly putting shit together. She's won four in a row uh, over Andrea Lee, Jessica I, Montana De La Rosa, and Miranda Maverick, although that, that Miranda Maverick fight is probably the worst decision I've ever seen. Um, nonetheless, still counts as a win on the books. What do you think about this fight, man? I think it's um it's an interesting one, right? Like both two young women, both trying to move up in the division, both trying to get their shot at number one pound for pound woman on the planet, Alexa Grasso. So uh <laughs> what do you think about that, man? No, I love this matchup, man. I think it's I think it's uh perfect for both these gals. Uh for Macy, man, I really hope to see uh, a lot out of her in this fight because she's gone away with a lot of these split decisions you kinda question you're like, Did she really deserve that? I don't think she did. Uh Thing is, I don't think she'll be able to get away with that with Amanda Hebas. I think Amanda Hebas has a brings a good skill set. Is going to be able to do a lot of great things on the feet against Macy Barber. Granted that we see Macy Barber getting a little bit more loose, more comfortable with her stand up, throwing more uh, heavy shots as well, and you know, and really sitting down on her punches. I think if Amanda Hebas is able to stop some takedowns, uh, find her range well, I think she could uh, put on a performance of the night and and take out and uh, beat Macy Barber. Maybe maybe get a late finish. Ooh, maybe you finished for Hebos. Interesting, man. You know, Amanda Hebos is like I'm. I'm on the same page just because I think Amanda Hebos, like Amanda, let me rephrase. Macy Barber's not a bad fighter. A lot of people hate her. I understand that because she she talks a big game and she hasn't been always been able to back it up and she's benefited from certain things here and there. You know, gotten the nod on two split decisions, so on and so forth. Right? She's not a bad fighter, and I wish people would like you know not say that. But at the same time, I think Amanda Hebos. Amanda Hebos has been, like, on the verge of, like, becoming a top-five fighter. Not even just, like, oh, like, oh, she'll have competitive fights here and there. Like, she was a scorecard away from beating Caitlin Chukagian, and I thought she won that fight. You know what I mean? And had she won that fight, she would have already fought for the title. So, and she's beaten Verna Janish-Rowe. She's beaten Mackenzie Dern. Like, she's beaten, I think, like, top-level fighters. So, I'm going to take Amanda Hebos. I think she's just more proven. Um, nothing, Nothing towards Macy Barber. I just... Yeah, I think that Hebos is the more proven fighter. I think she's the more well-rounded fighter, and I think she's just better everywhere, man. I think like maybe Macy Barber has more power on the feet, but I don't think she, I don't think she'd be able to put out Mid Hebos or anything like that. So I want to take the Brazilian to get the win, and uh, that'll be three of four. And who knows what could come next after that, man? So, but uh, in, in regards to this this UFC um, Jacksonville card, there is a couple of interesting fights up and down, up and down it. Uh, which fights are you most looking forward to on Saturday night? Oh man, let me see right here. Uh, the big one for me, man, is uh, Brandon Allen, Bruno Silva opening with the main card. Brandon Allen is, like I said, putting some wins together. This seems, it feels like Brandon Allen didn't fight that long ago. Mm-hmm. That Andre Muniz win seems so much uh, like like it was, it was only like a month or two. This is back in February. Uh, this was originally supposed to be Jack Romanson earlier this month. Uh, nevertheless, still getting a quality opponent. Um, I'm looking to see how Brendan Allen can continue, if he can continue his win streak. Uh, Neil Magny, obviously another guy fighting full row. And in my main one, my my highlight fighter of the week, man, Mateus Rebecki, 17 and one, looked pretty good in his first UFC fight against Nick Fiore. Uh, he's one of those guys who came over from you know you know all these Polish guys all day. There's a bunch of uh, decently sized promotions out there, mm-hmm. and uh, he came out of one of those. 
And another person I need to mention for the week, Josh, who finally got his fight, finally got an opponent, is going to get to make weight again. Zalagaz Magula, him and Let's his new go. haircut. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. Yeah, man. I You highlighted Rebecca. He's a good pick, man. He's a good pick. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of nice prospects on this card, man. Um, personally, me, my highlight fighter of the week is, I'm probably going to fuck up his name, Tatsuru Tara. 13 and 0, 23 years young out of Okinawa, Japan. One of the greatest flyweights on the planet. Already 3 and 0 inside the promotion. He's going to be taking on Clayton Rodriguez, the opening fight of the card, which admittedly is disappointing because I think he's a really good prospect, but he is a flyweight and he's also from Japan. So they probably don't give a fuck about him. He's but opened I think, up like four or five, like, like I'm pretty sure all of his fights have been openers. Yeah. Which just, I mean, they don't care about the flyweight division and he's an unranked flyweight, I believe. So. Yeah. That doesn't help matters, but I think that uh yeah, I think that, you know, he's he's the real deal. 13 and 0, a couple wins inside the UFC already, um including two submission wins. Damn near all of his wins are by finish. Um only two decision wins in his career out of 13 and for oh, excuse me, three decision wins out of 13 fights. And for a flyweight, that's pretty damn good, dude. I mean, so I'm very excited for Tatsu Tahara to go ahead. I th- I it's an ABC card, man. I'm I'm hopeful that some people tune in and get a good look at this kid because he's a real deal. Um, as far as the rest of the card goes, I mean, you highlighted a couple of good names there. Um, also, shout out Jillian Robertson, Tabitha Ricci, that big fan of Baby Shark. I mean, who isn't? Um, Randy Brown, Wellington Sermon is going to be a low-key banger. On, not low-key banger, but a battle of two guys who have found a way to stay around, stay competitive. That one should be a lot of fun. Randy Brown has put, a get, put together not a couple of wins, but a couple of very entertaining fights lately. So uh, I'm sure that one will be a similar case. Um, Justin Toffa returning, riding a two-fight winning streak, taking on Austin Lane. Andrew, do you remember Austin Lane by chance? My, I think. I, I don't know. I, I, he is a guy who, I don't know if you remember him, but this is a guy that has crawled back from the depths. He lost by not, he's the guy that Greg Hardy knocked out back in 2018 to get a UFC contract through the contender series. Holy shit. And he was also a former NFL player. Um, now I will be honest, he's not very good. I don't mean that to say that to be mean, but I will say that the fact that he's able, he's been able to crawl himself back to this time. And, you know, he eventually even won the, the Fury, uh, FC heavyweight title too. He knocked out Juan Adams. He's just stayed moving, man. He stayed active. So you got to get fucking props to Austin Lane, dude. Absolute, absolute props to come back from. I mean, he was the guy that got absolutely humiliated. Cause I don't know if people remember that. I remember whenever he fought Greg Hardy, it was actually like, it was it was like the first season of the Contender Series. There was some hype. You know, he was undefeated too, all knockout, like all wins by knockout. You know, he was a former NFL player and just got annihilated in 20 seconds. To come back from that to five years later making your UFC debut, hell of a story for Austin Lane. Um, and by the way, former chief Austin Lane. So I got to put that out there. Um, okay. So we got to go ahead and support, support the boy, even though I think he lives in Florida. So it's actually a bit of a homecoming for him. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, outside of, outside of that, I mean, I don't have too many thoughts, man. I mean, Cody Brundage is actually kind of a funny one. He's taking on short notice too. He is taking on Cedric Dumas, who I saw Cedric Dumas. He, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give shit to the kid because he is 27. But he was a guy that made a lot of headlines because he said that like he won't do interviews unless they pay him. And he also had some domestic violence stuff come out. And then he got, like, dominated by Josh Frum in his UFC debut. So we'll see if he can make a make a turnaround against Cody Brundage now. Um, 
Yeah, man, it's, it's a pretty competitive. It's not. A, it's a pretty competitive card, man. I, I like it up and down. Like there's, there's some couple of, there's a couple of really entertaining fights that are gonna happen on Saturday. So I'm I'm pretty excited for this one. Uh, but that being said, Andrew, we do have a little bit of uh, content to go over at Bellator, man. Because I don't know if you were on the same page, but on on Friday, like over the weekend, I'd say I probably saw more Bellator coverage than anything else. Um, because on Friday night. From the Wind Trust Arena in Chicago, Illinois, in the main event, Medim Nemkov defeats Yoel Romero, 49-46, 49-46, 49, 46, 49, 46, 46, unanimous decision to retain the goal. That's his fourth title defense, Angel, and also that is uh, a record for the Bellator Light Heavyweight Division. Angel, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you straight up. Is Medim Nemkov the greatest light heavyweight on the planet today? How would it, look, I think it's it possible. I don't know. I don't That's know a cop out answer. <laughs> I I just it's a hard question to answer. I I feel like he's not far from it. Yeah. He's not, he either is it or is right there or is, is second. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. I mean, what did you think about his win uh, over Yoel on on Friday? Excuse me. I mean, it was good, but it was kind of what I expected. That was my only issue. I think a, I think Yoel is good. Obviously, he had a lot of potential at two hundred five. But the issue is he looked. I think he finally looked old in this one, Josh. Like, he had already looked old, but he looked old in this one. He was slow. He wasn't – he had explosions, but they're not the explosions he typically wore. Like, it's clear that time has uh, made its – you know, it's made its mark. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's probably the best way to put it. I think he looked slow. As much as I like Vadim Emkov, I actually was more impressed with his winner Corey Anderson than I was at this one. I felt like this was kind of just another night at the office for him. Um I do agree with you. I think I'll, just, I'll say it. I think Vadim Nemkov is the greatest guy on the planet right now. Um, I think that Bellator, for the most part, I think I think there's some people who are still like you know, oh, the UFC is the best of the best. But like, I don't. I mean, dude, we've seen some of these. We we see like three out of four Apex cards a month. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say that Bellator overall has better talent, but I will say a light heavyweight is competitive. They got some mm-hmm. dogs in the Bellator light heavyweight division. And I think Vadim Nemkov leading the pack, dude, I think he's a bad motherfucker and might be the greatest light heavyweight on the planet. Um, granted, like I said, I don't think this fight was the best example to show it because it was kind of just him coasting. Um, yeah, I think Vadim Nemkov is the real deal. And I don't know who he's going to fight next, but, I mean, look, man, I'll watch, I'll, I'll watch any time he fights. I think he's, I think he's the real deal. And he, there's a clear talent there. Like, he's a special guy. Um, I think he been, hinted at heavyweight, right? He did hint at heavyweight. And if he goes to heavyweight... Oh man, that's gonna be fun. Him and Ryan Bader, maybe. Yeah, that'd be. But, that'd but, be that, but it's fun. looking like Linton. It's Linton Vassell, Ryan Bader, right now, though, right? I believe so. Yeah. So, Dang. and let's be honest, Linton Vassell cannot be stopped. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> fucking somehow. It's just nobody can beat Linton Vassell. He's he is unstoppable at least right now. So, um, <laughs> we'll see how that how that plays out. Um, but anyways, man. I mean, that was obviously a huge win for Vadim in the main event, but I feel like as much as people talk about the main event, it got it kind of got overshadowed by the co-main event, dude, and it's... You make a great point there, and let me tell you why, because I yeah. was watching, and we were going into Pitbull Pettis, and I was like, all right, and the fight ended, and they're like, okay, uh, Nemkov uh, Romero next, and I was like, what the fuck, there's still more? I forgot, <laughs> I forgot, I forgot that fight was on the card, and that was it the main event. It got massively overshadowed, dude. Yeah, because, uh, and then the fight, I mean... I mean, go ahead. You can you can get into it. Yeah, I mean, in regards to the co-main event, man, 
Um, what a performance by Sergio Pettis, man. I mean, I don't even know what you can say about this kid. He left the UC uh, back in 2018, and I never in a million years would expect him to have the sort of success. I mean, to put together a 5-5 win streak in Bellator, defeat Juan Archuleta, knock out Horgy, Koji Horiguchi, and then to go in there and face Patricio Pitbull, the favorite, a two-division champion, and just go in there and dominate him. I mean, absolutely just a stunning performance, dude. What did you think about his win on uh, on Friday? He he made his place. He he's made his own legacy at this point. You know what I mean? I think uh, that was a big time win for him. Uh, that I think is gonna. He's not gonna be necessarily overshadowed by his brother as much as he wanted. Because you know his brother was UFC champ, WEC champ. You know, loved on the fucking Wheaties box. But you know, Sergio has now made his own kind of mark. You know, in MMA. And has some pretty decent names under his belt, man, and uh, that's awesome. Uh, as far as Pitbull, man, a lot of people uh, commented on his weight cut. I didn't think he looked that bad. People, I remember that picture came out of him making weight on the scale. People were like, oh, this reminds me of something. They showed TJ. And I was like, I really don't think he looks that bad. And you also got to remember, TJ was taking, like, what, 100-plus supplements to fucking live? <laughs> well, we know at least one of them was EPO. So. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true too. But I, I mean, to like actually make the weight cut, though, he was taking like there's there's a picture of TJ, uh, and you can probably find it on Reddit, Josh, of his hotel room. He's eating like a salad, like a plain fucking just. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think TJ had it worse than in a in a wall of pills, like just a bunch of vitamins, so he fucking be able to supplement himself. Been there, you know. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in 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 regards to that, I mean, in regards to the weight cut, yeah, I think it obviously, I think it drained Pitbull for sure. I don't think, I oh don't yeah, think you'd say that it didn't have an effect, but I don't think he was. I mean, he wasn't like he was oh, TJ out there. I think TJ's probably like the worst one I've seen. Yeah, and also, was, yeah, he didn't have as much pop as he typically had as at one forty five and even at one fifty five. Oh that yeah. Was yeah, he still had power though, but not as much as I think he would have had a. At 145 or 155. Yeah, I agree. And in regards to it, I mean, it was just, it was a master class with Pettis, dude. I mean, I don't even think Pitbull couldn't even, the speed difference was the biggest thing for me. Yeah. The speed was huge on Friday. That you could clearly see it. Um, just pure domination by Sergio Pettis. And that's kind of like what I was saying. Like, I did never, like, I would, I would have never expected the fight to play out this way. I thought if Sergio Pettis was going to win, I think I could have seen him cashing Patricio. Like, just, you know, cutting a lot of weight, you know, he's gotten the power. He showed that against Horiguchi. I thought maybe he could, like, knock him out. I would never expect him to, like, put in a five-round domination, barely get hit. You know what I mean? Um, but that's what he did. So, full props to him, man, um, obviously. And still, and also, can be facing our boy next, the winner of the Bellator uh, Bantamweight Grand Prix, which, granted, isn't necessarily... Oh, yeah, you just sent me the picture. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I forgot how bad CJ looked. Yeah, it was 37 supplements that he was taking. God damn. Well, it was probably – actually, my my bad, Josh. Uh, it's 38. They didn't include EPO in there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They didn't. Um, but, yeah, we're going to have Sergio Pettis' Apache Mix next. What do you think about that as a potential matchup? Banger. Banger, banger, banger. I agree. I agree. I'll, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by that. 
Angel, is that the best 130? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put you on the spot with that. Is <laughs> <laughs> Sergio Best or Patrick the greatest bandwidth on the planet? Uh, I think Bix could, could definitely be up there, potentially. What like I, think, I think they're both up there, honestly. Uh, I don't, see, I, I, Pettis the thing, is, is I champ, not, yeah. but I don't, I don't know how long it's gonna last. I, I, I actually, like I said, I, I like, I, I know that sounds crazy, but you really gotta think about some of the recent wins that he's put together. But you also gotta look at Patchy Mixed recent wins. No, no, I know, I know. I'm saying that they're both some of the best on the planet. I like, think, like, oh, I, I gotta say, I think between, well, I mean, this is, I, I'll put it at least, I think Mix is better than Pettis. Yeah. Fair, I mean, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Regardless, though, we did have some other fights on this card, Josh. Corey Anderson getting the split decision went over Phil Davis. Oh, yeah. Uh, Not the most exciting. I actually, I don't, we didn't do a pick for this one, but I thought Phil Davis was going to win. Uh, I thought Corey Anderson obviously had a great chance of winning. He ends up getting the split decision against Phil Davis. Granted, though, it's it's always a hard looking good against Phil Davis because of the way he fights and how safe he is and doesn't take a lot of damage really ever, Josh. Uh but Corey Anderson getting one more at two oh five in the Bellator promotion looking to get a potential trilogy against Nemkov. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think a potential I mean, okay, so I could see that fight happening. Um I don't want to see that fight next. I will say that it was a big win for uh, for Corey Anderson. I think people disrespect him, Phil Davis. I always feel like people disrespect Phil Davis. I mean, for him to still be competitive at 38 is because Corey Anderson's the real deal. Still, um, I don't think a trilogy fight will be next. I I don't think it's that far off either. Just because Vadim Nemkov, who else will he fight? Like who who else? If you look at the Bellator rankings right now, which I'm pulling out currently, who would light heavyweight could he fight? That's like a better. I don't even think better, he has. A- I don't even think he has a contender right now. I agree. Yeah, that's that's why I'm saying like you gotta give credit to Phil Davis though. I think I said this to you privately. He's only, in the last ten years and before the Corey Anderson. This is before the Corey Anderson lost. <laughs> I believe the only two people he's lost to in the last ten years are Nemkov and Ryan Bader. Now Corey Anderson, but yeah, dude. I look if you look up the division. I mean, it's it's slim pickings, dude. I mean. We got who we got. We got Corey Anderson's number one, Phil Davis is number two, Yal Romero's number three, Grant Neal number four, Alex Pelosi number five, our boy Yags number six, Julius Anglica seven, Luke Trainer eight, Carl Moore nine, Carl Elbertrin ten. Excuse me. So yeah, it's pretty slim pickings, dude. Yeah, I think uh, the big one on there they're hoping for, I think, is Carl Moore. He's putting some uh, some wins together. Obviously, I don't think there's necessarily a lot of interest behind that fight. But I think if there is a guy that they're really looking towards, it's probably him. If not, obviously Grant Neal. But like you said, it's it's, it's slim pickings. Uh, I'd say those are probably the two main guys I'm looking at as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, that's tough. That's real tough, man. Um, yeah, I mean, realistically, actually, now looking at it, maybe a Corey Anderson trilogy next if he does not decide to go up to heavyweight. But I'd even be fine with a one-off heavyweight fight, honestly. <laughs> Against wants, yeah, if he just says fuck it, wants to have like just a fun fight, if he doesn't want to like like wait for uh, Bader or Vassell, like if he wants yeah. to just go up and have like a fun one, I'd be down. Just someone, yeah. some someone at heavyweight. I mean, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, like you tell me that you would not be down for a, you know, 
Davion Franklin versus Vadim Emkov fight, or Tim oh. Johnson versus uh, Vadim Nemkov. Oh, my God. Tim Johnson versus Vadim Nemkov sounds like an all-time banger. Moldovsky. Well, I guess Moldovsky and him training. Mar- Marcelo Holm. <laughs> yeah, I guess looking at it now, it's kind of like a man heavyweight division, too, so never mind. <laughs> That's, hey, that's how MMA is, dude. Light, it's really those. It's really those four uh, first four guys, though. Yeah, Ma- Mari, Moldovsky, Vincel, Bader. After that, there's a pretty. I, I'd say Pop uh, Oleg Popov isn't like the other guy in there. Too. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah. That's how that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's rough. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, in regards to the rest of the card, dude. I mean, Daniel James suffering a loss in the main card opener. I don't know why they booked that fight. We talked about this when we had uh, when we got lunch on Sunday. I was like, why did we even? <laughs> Why did yeah. they book that fight? Yeah, Daniel James was not that far from putting himself in the title picture. Granted, though, I don't know how successful he would have been, but they gave him their number ten guy who is coming off loss. Like mm-hmm. what the fuck? And the guy and Daniel James was riding a ten fight or a, a two fight winning streak within Bellator, and he was ranked number four. He fought the number ten guy. Where, where the fuck does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it makes no fucking sense. And also, they were having him fight, you know. In his hometown, they couldn't give him, like, a layup or someone competitive. Yeah, he's fighting his hometown. And by the way, one quick thing. We're, dude, we're pretty dumb. I was listening to the show back last week. We were like, why are there so many Russians on here? Fucking, like, Chicago is well known for having, like, a very large <laughs> Russian population. That's why Fedor were fought there, like, six times. I mean, it also, also, Nevkov was the main event, too. So. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's why they had a lot of Russians on here. Uh, poor Daniel James, though, though. Uh, that one sucked to have to watch. But, I mean, all, and this is, honestly, you gotta be honest, kind of a depressing night. I mean, our boy Emmanuel Sanchez also lost. Probably. Um, that's probably it for him and Bellator. Yep. Five losses in a row, and none of them were really competitive either, which was the problem. I mean, I guess this fight was kind of competitive. I mean, he had moments in it, but he still lost all three rounds. So that, that blows. But I mean, in regards to the rest of the card, man, which, which, uh, which fights you most want to go on highlight? Oh, man. We gotta, I, I highlight Cody Law, man. He had a, he, he was one of those kind of like homegrown. He is one of those homegrown Bellator guys. I think he even came. He, he was in Bellator, made his debut in Bellator, and everything, and uh, was like on a six-fight win streak. And then his last two fights before this, when he had lost, which was rough because he was kind of one of those guys that, like came from a wrestling background, uh, had a lot of hope for him, and it's like, damn, it's kind of looking a bit rough right now. And he bounced back, bounced back, and got a, his win here against Edwin Chavez this past week. Uh, and along with that, another kind of homegrown guy and, and Jordan Newman continuing his win streak, moving up to 6-0. But Josh, the highlight of the week was Ramzan Kermurganada Madoff. Fucking, I put <laughs> the fuck out of that, but I tried it against Jaleel Willis. Jaleel Willis is a fun guy to watch. Yeah. Dude, a fucking insane KO. Go look it up. It's, it's pretty brutal. I think you even tweeted it out, Josh. It's like, why would you even fucking fight the guy? Yeah, I said this on Twitter. I said, this guy's fucking name is Hamazon Kroganamov. Why the fuck would you step in a cage with that, dude? <laughs> Jesus. It's like, it's like the fucking, I mean, and I'm like undefeated, by the way, too, like 10 and 0. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, that's just a bad decision, bro. Like, it's just, the, the, the name that name comes across my desk. I'm like, dude, I got a fucking bad back, you know. Like, I gotta, <laughs> I can't make it, you know. Six out of his ten wins were like finishes too. In yeah, Hamzan Karagamov, get the fuck out of here, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I'm gonna fight, guy. Ima- imagine being the agent and being like, hey, yo, they want you to buy Hamzan, dude. They want you to fight Hamzan, and you're like, <laughs> and your agent's like trying to convince you on this shit. Can you imagine that? Because you bring the fights to the to the manager or whoever, and they're like. 
you know, we want to fight this guy. And they're like, and you're just like, what the fuck? There's no way I'm going to do this. And you go, I hate, to, I, hate to, I hate to interrupt, but I have to interrupt with a fight announcement. I hate to interrupt. It just broke? It just broke. Oh my Zara God. Farron, one women's 145, lives on, Angel. Oh Zara my. Farron will be fighting Haley Cowan at UC Paris on September 2nd. At 145 pounds. I hate you. I the lioness you. may be gone, but the the legend lives on. That is women's one four. WEC never die. Pride never die. Women's one forty five never die. <laughs> I hate you so much right now, dude. I know. I well, to be fair, there was another thing I was also debating interrupting with that just came up on my Twitter feed. So. The other one was Elon Musk challenging Mark Zuckerberg to a uh, an MMA fight. Jesus, man. That, that, that autistic fuck, so. <laughs> Anyways, man. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't have any closing thoughts on the Bellator card. It was a pretty fun one. They'll be back in a month. Uh, Bellator uh, X Ryzen in Japan. So that should be a lot of fun, man. And by the way, just that card has filled out, Angel, in case you're curious. Andre Korshkov, Lorenz Larkin, Kana Watsonby, Beta Ortega, Danny Sabatello, Magomed Magomedov, Koji Horiguchi, Makamoto, excuse me, Shinryu, AJ McKee, Patricky Pitbull. That is a banger 5-5 main card, dude. Mm-hmm. That is an absolute good one. So, yeah, Bellator will be back in a month with an absolute excellent card. But we, we do have to move on to some unfortunate news, Angel. I did not even have the time to just to celebrate the win. That is Bigfoot Silva's retirement. <laughs> I didn't even have time. He, dude, he was retired for like three days. He set a, a brand new record. He's already back, baby. He's 43. He said, I'm ready. I'm coming back. That's probably the quickest retirement and unretirement ever, right? I mean, it's not as fast as Chris, as, uh, as Chris Curtis, but it's up there. Do you know Do you know the story of Chris Curtis Angel? No, wait, what? Do you know the story about his retirement? Tell me. Chris Curtis, before he got in the UFC, this is why I feel, this is kind of like why I feel bad for Chris Curtis whenever people make fun of him for getting mad online. I'm like, Chris Curtis is like, he's got a reason to be mad, man. He, he, he had to fight through the trenches to get to the UFC. Like, he had the Contender Series run. He's been through some shit. Essentially, in the PFL back in, like, 2019, um, he lost. He lost in the tournament, and then uh, he retired. He retired in the middle of the cage. And then since it's a tournament, somebody else pulls the fight on later that night, and that guy dropped out. So they went and asked Chris, Chris, do you want to have one more fight? And then he said, yeah, and then got knocked out. <laughs> and then he unretired again. And now he got in the UFC. I don't even know how many people know that, but Chris Curtis has had like four retirements by now. You know but, something? He never gave up. Yeah, he never gave up, so shout out to him, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Bigfoot Silva, it's depressing. I mean, there's nothing to really say about it. I mean, it, it sucks. His managers talked about how he's tried to get him retired. He couldn't do it, and he actually left him. So at this point, it's just him booking these fights. Nobody could save him. And, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of people and plays that are not going to save him either. You know what I mean? Like, the commissions, so... It just sucks. But, I mean, he's not even fighting in the U.S., though, because he can't even fight in the U.S. anymore, right? That is true. He's been fighting. He fought in, I believe, Paris, France over the weekend. Damn, before that, what was it, like Russia? Yeah, yeah, Russia. 
Probably against some guy who's fucking roided out of his mind. <laughs> probably, you know. The guy who probably fought is probably in Ukraine right now or some shit, you know what I mean? I don't know, dude. We're not going to get into all that. <laughs> I'm just making a joke. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, poor Bigfoot Silva, man. That that just sucks, but... Anyways, anyways, man. I mean, we do have hashtag some... Hashtag say Bigfoot. Hashtag say Bigfoot. Hashtag say Bigfoot. We'll keep it rolling. We'll keep it rolling until he gets saved. But anyways, um, we do have a little bit, a bit of other news. Uh, Jake Paul, Nate Diaz going down August 5th from Dallas, Texas. Originally an eight-round fight. It's now a ten-round fight. Apparently, Nate said that he wanted more rounds. Jake agreed for the, to, to go ahead and do it. So, what do you think, man? I mean, it, uh... Dude, he's gonna use I honestly cardio, don't even fight Josh. to go make it that far, so I don't think it really matters. But. Come on, Josh. He traded with Andre Ward, Josh. I say it every time. He did. He did trade with Andre Ward ten years ago. Oh, my God, Josh. You know how good Andre was? You saw what Andre said about him? Come on. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey. Well, you know what's funny? Can we talk about the guy that said that he sparred with Nate? It was like some boxer. Oh, my God. It was yeah. the craziest shit I've ever seen. This guy, he took like a video at the gym of, like, him, like, next to Nate, like, oh, you know, what's up, Nate? And then he walked out of the gym, and, like, just doing, like, a video. He's like, yeah, I'm just sparring with Nate Diaz. He's, like, he's, like, way overrate. He looked like shit in there. He was getting, like, just, like, <laughs> the dude left the gym and instantly started talking shit. It was the craziest shit I've ever seen. Um, but, yeah, I don't think this fight's going to go that far anyway. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is, man. <laughs> I, I mean, we talked about this a bit off air. I don't think Jake, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz are going to go very far. I'm not going to give my official prediction for for like another month or two because we have to preview the fight. But I don't think it matters. I do think it's it's cool that Jake is he's he's going to be the first is the first YouTuber to do ten man so or at least sign up for ten. So yeah, that's, that's pretty true. cool. That's pretty. Yeah, cool. I'm surprised no one else has tried to put. Well, granted, right? It's like, <laughs> are they really going to go that far? Yeah. Exactly. I'm not even talking about Jake and, and fucking Nate, dude. I'm just talking in uh, in general. Any of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I like I like Nate. You know, um, I I I I still don't think his changes are very good in this one. But anyways, man. I mean, that is some interesting news. Obviously, ten rounds. First time for an influencer. Also, first time for Nate. I understand that everybody. He has a great gas know. tank, but to go ten rounds in your first boxing match is yeah different than my man. Very different. I, I hope that people are uh, are aware of that. I feel like Nate has even, like, his gas tank isn't even how it used to be, though. Because you remember that Tony fight? He kind of slowed down. Yes. Right, he, took was, all, he took the entire third round off, remember? Yeah. And I mean, he started walking weight, away. They almost stopped it. Yeah, it's great. There was, there was a weight change, an opponent change. Like, I get it, but it was, I don't know. It was almost odd. Yeah, it was pretty odd. Um, that whole curve was odd. God, that, that whole weekend was odd. That still feels like a fever dream. The UFC 279 feels like a fucking fever dream. Dude, that might have not even been real. That might have been like when they moved the fucking fight for John, dude, when he fucking popped for roids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there are some things that just, it just does not feel feel real. That's fucking one of them. Just like, I'll never forget that, too. Because I remember, like, seeing shit on my phone, like, in just some group chats. I mean, like, oh, yeah, guys, I'm hearing, I'm hearing Hamzat's a little bit heavy. I'm hearing that some stuff may change. Yeah, then, dude, like, that shit was wild because it was all over Twitter. Like, like, if you, dude, it was like a... You know when that was up there with Josh? That was like uh, the Connor Dolly fucking like Con- Connor's taking an airplane to to the to New York. Connor has landed in New York. Connor has broken to the 
to the place. Uh, it's MSG. Connor is at the back room with the fighters. <laughs> Connor has thrown a dolly. Connor McGregor has been a right. You know, like, yeah. oh. Dude, I'll never forget that. Cause I, I want to say like that was like a day. That was like a. Blo- Do you remember like in high school they had block days? Yeah. For like you, you had. To, I was in the computer lab for that one, and I remember I had a sub. So I was on my in block days for like two hours. So I was in there, and it was like lunch too. So it was extra long. And I remember just, like, reading it all. Like, Air Holani was like, you know, Conor McGregor is on the plane to go. Conor McGregor has arrived at the arena. Just like just like the way you put it. And seeing it all in real time was the craziest shit, dude. Um, UFC 279 is also up there. It's, like, some of the craziest shit I've ever seen. And just, like, happening in real time. But, uh, yeah, man. I mean, we do got a couple of fight announcements to go over. Just go ahead and redirect it back. I mean, admittedly... Well, we do got to talk about. Well, actually, we'll talk. You know, I'm, let's let's just reorganize this list. Actually, Angel, we do got to talk about the Ultimate Fighter because the Ultimate Fighter uh, episode four aired last night. Conor McGregor lost once again. He is zero and four. His team is zero and four. Um, although this fight was more competitive, it's been a bad. It's been a bad week for Conor McGregor. I mean, can we can we talk about it? I mean, obviously he had. His team lost again in the Ultimate Fighter, 0-4 now at this stage. He got accused of sexual assault. Oh, I was um, say, no, don't say it like that, but fucking YouTube will fucking... Play. I'm not, I'm not... S.A., he was accused of S.A., Josh. He was accused of S.A., because the YouTube algorithm will, you know, whatever. Uh, he was okay. accused of S- his team went 0-4, he was accused of S.A., um... And also, his fight with Michael Chandler is now slated for 2024. He did not make the USADA window. So, <laughs> like, if that's gonna stop them, Josh? They're that's be like, true. Yeah. That's. I mean, I don't think it will stop them, but everybody's gonna get up in arms. You know, everybody can pretend like they give a fuck about you. You're right. Yeah. So, anyways, man. Yeah, I think that the. Uh, I don't really give a fuck either uh, if Connor's and you saw it or not. Um, and you know, I don't. I don't know why fans pretend to care either. Like, how many times has John Jones failed the drug test and he got a hero's welcome in March? You know what I'm saying? Like. Fans like to care. They pretend that they care about drug tests. But the UFC doesn't care. I honestly don't care. But I am throwing it in there as, like, it could potentially prevent his return. Um, but, yeah, man, what do you think about all this uh, this news? Fuck, man. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Uh, I think it's, as far as speaking directly about the fight, uh, I mean, obviously, we wanted to see it. It was a big one. It, it, it was going to make a, a lot of money for both guys. It was going to be a big event. It was going to have a lot of fights on the end of the card that were definitely going to that were going to be big and meaningful to the divisions that we're going to be affecting. And uh, this, this just kind of sucks. And then as far as all the allegations and stuff like that, obviously you never want to see anybody involved in anything like that. And, uh, and if they do come out to be not true, obviously shitty is very shitty because it makes someone look bad and it fucks with their, their appearance, even though you can argue that Connor's already done that himself. And then on top of that, if they for some reason do end up being true, fucking terrible, you know? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to speak too much for the accusations part of stuff. Um, admittedly, just because like, no, Josh, we're gonna lay out a one-hour statement. I mean, I mean, look, Conor McGregor's statement. Look, I mean, here's the reality, right? I don't want to say that this 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 case has already been destroyed by Conor's lawyers, but this case has already kind of been destroyed by Conor's lawyers. You know what I mean? Like. There's a lot of videos of them together on the night of, including after whenever the alleged assault happened. So, I mean, I don't know why either would, I don't know why anybody would, I don't know why either he would do that in front of a group of people 
or she would lie about it in front of a group of cameras. You know what I mean? Um, that's all I got to say about that. Like, there's, there's a clear lie there. So it, it will not take long to figure out this situation. In regards to Connor's other stuff, I mean, I think I think Connor just wants to retire, and I don't think he wants to admit it. Um, I saw that he went ahead and did he, did, so obviously I'm, I know that you saw the Ultimate Fighter the latest episode. Did you see the, the the clip of him talking to Wonder Boy about like training, and he just kind of like it's like yeah yeah you know oh you know it's it's going well like he just kind of like it, it seems that like Connor doesn't care you know he seems very disconnected from in the show already now like I talk yeah. like he. Granted, though, like, there's always coaches like this on Tough, though, who kind of, like, like, if you remember the Juliana-Amanda season, Amanda just, it kind of seemed like Nina fucking did more of the coaching than Amanda did. Amanda was just there as the personality, you know? I feel like it's kind of the same thing for Connor. Like, his coaches are kind of doing everything, and Connor's just kind of there, where you where you look at Chandler, you see that he's close to the guy, he's, he's talking to them a lot, motivating him. I mean, Connor's doing that as well, but it seems like Chandler's taking it to another level where he is the coach. For his team, like he is the main guy, you know, he's game planning, he's he's talking to the cage, he's standing next to the cage, he's in the corner where Connor's off to the side and he's not in the corner, you know, he's not in there talking to his guy, he's not hopping into the cage, you know, where Chandler is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, okay, so look, I mean, you went ahead and said that there's like, there's always been coaches on the Ultimate Fire that have never really cared, but it's just a bad look whenever it's Connor because we already kind of know that like he's one foot out the door already. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's pretty clear. I mean, I think this is what Connor is now. I think Connor probably just wants to retire, but I think he probably wants to remain out in the game in some capacity. Um, and maybe coaching and just being around his guys is enough for him. But I think that he does not want to fight Michael Chandler. I don't think he cares about him. Um, <laughs> if he did, because this is what you here's the way I think about it, right? I, I also don't know. Do you think? Yeah. Chandler makes him want to get up in the morning. Do you think he makes him? You know how sometimes guys are motivated by who they're fighting? Angel, here's here's a real world example I'm going to give to you, right? Let's let's see how real you can get here, motherfucker. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get as real as I possibly can, because it, it's literally when you want to do something, Angel, and it's within grasp. For example, you know what I did yesterday? I wanted pasta for dinner, so <laughs> I made God, a Josh. big fucking bowl of pasta. If Conor McGregor wanted to fight Michael Chandler, he could just do it. And he hasn't. So I don't think he wants to fight him. Because this is not a, this is not, remember the whole reason why we kept on saying this fight had to be postponed is because USADA. He needs time to get USADA. He needs time to get USADA. And we've been saying that for six months now. And I, and like, you know, Angel, we know a little bit about roids and stuff. Like, (laughs) I mean, Theoretically, like, what kind of shit was he taking for him to still be testing positive if he's supposedly been clean for, like, a year now, which he said? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't think he wants to do it. If he wanted to do it, he could do it. Like, am I I not wrong there? Like, whenever you want to do something that's within your – like, you know what we did, Angel? We went and got Sunday. On Sunday, we went and got lunch because we wanted to and just saying, we could do it, you know? It was not out of grasp. If there's something that you wanted to do and it's easily within grasp, you typically do it. And he has it, so – I mean, that's all. That's all my thoughts on it. But um, no, I mean, I, I don't disagree. You're not wrong. It does. There seems to be a lack of wanting to, to go for things. Be yeah, there, to want it. You know, there, there, like, there's a disconnect. Like I said, it's obvious, and we've heard it from other people. We've heard it from the show. Uh, you kind of even see it in his documentary. We mentioned like there was kind of a switch that kind of like died, you know, in him, or and it seemed like there was a moment where he was super motivated and. 
You know, the last time it seemed like Connor wanted a fucking fight and was really committed and, and had us hyped up and he was the showman and he was the fighter was that cowboy fight, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, probably it. I mean, he and looks like... And COVID fucked it. <laughs> Here, I mean, I honestly think COVID... I mean, if we're looking for the actual reason, I think it probably was COVID that probably, like, took Conor Gregor and it ended his sort of wanting to fight, you know what I mean? And then financially, because, everything well that's yeah. happened since then for him, too, you know? Exactly, exactly. But I think he's... I've never really thought he's been done. I've always said, like, he'll come back for one more. But, like, all this stuff happening, like, over the last, like, month or two... It's just like he's not, he's not coming back, you know. Like, and I don't blame him. Good for him, you know. Like, I, I would, I'm happy that he doesn't want to come back, but it is what it is, man. Although, um, I just, I, I was thinking about it. Why didn't we, why didn't we pitch this as an option? Because he just called him out uh, recently, um, to do it. Why don't we just, if if Michael Chandler can't get Conor Rigger, why don't we just have some fucking fun and give him Eddie Alvarez for a trilogy fight? <laughs> Are you down with that? I mean, I don't know if they'll do it. I mean, I think at a time they could have done it. I just don't think it's uh, something that I see happening now. I know, I know. And I and I know that you're making a logical point. But I at, one point, at one point in time it could have happened. Yeah. It's just not going to happen now, and it sucks because I think they fucked up on that opportunity. And shit, even Ed could have been fun on tough, dude. He's yeah. been on tough before. Yeah, I think I think they fucked up on that opportunity. Eddie Eddie called him out this morning. That's why I brought it up. Like he, that's how he they could they could they could have yeah. made the Eddie big return like that. You know, rather than doing Connor, they could have done Eddie and Carter on the Ultimate Fighter. Welcome back, Eddie. You're back on another season. You know, let's get yeah. it. Yeah, and it makes sense. And he's a personality. He's good on TV. He's good. And Chandler will be good on TV. And it'll be intense. And it just and it's gonna make everybody a lot of money. Um. No, you're not wrong. They definitely dropped the ball there and the opportunity, especially because there's already a connection there, and it wouldn't be hard to, I think, convince either party. And they could definitely get to a reasonable number of both these guys. It's just that that's just definitely not going to happen now at all. I don't even think there's a world where it does happen or a reality. And that sucks because it was a really fun one. As far as who they're going to give them, I don't know. That's the issue. Uh, he's, in a, he's in a weird spot because he's lost to the guys ab- all the guys above him except – Islam, and uh, and he and he's not really willing to fight down unless you have some sort of relevance, I believe. And there's no guy who has that kind of, you know, oomph to them. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess if you want to give him someone who has some name power, like like I said, like RDA, but is he gonna fight RDA? You know what I mean? Is he gonna fight Armand? Are you gonna young killer? Is he gonna fight any of those guys? Is he gonna fight Green? Do- I, I just don't think that's gonna happen. You know. I feel like Chandler's yeah. only going to fight name fights. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and that, that's why I said an Eddie Alvarez trilogy would make sense, because I think they don't have too many actual names right now for him to fight. So yeah. no, uh, like a two-fight deal for Eddie if they want. I mean, do they, they, they can do whatever the fuck they want, but I don't know. I, uh, and there's people that Eddie could have fought. Dude. Eddie could have fought RDA again in a rematch, and RDA's older now, too, you know? Yeah. Uh, they could have fought a couple of guys, but, I mean... Uh, it's just not going to happen now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. But, you know, uh, this is the last topic of the day. We got a couple of fights announcements. Uh, Max Holloway, one day, by the way, the same day that Conor McGregor got accused of rape, just out of nowhere, they announced like rape. Six great. Fights. God damn it, Josh, you're going to get us. Fuck that <laughs> Dude, they are. They, the YouTube algorithm does not like us anyway. Wait, okay? wait, wait. Conor McGregor got accused of essay and grape. This came out. 
All right, anyway, so Max Holloway, the Korean zombie, Corey Sandhagen, Usman Nurmagomedov, not Usman, excuse me. Uh, but you know what I mean. The other Nurmagomedov. Umar, Umar, Umar. Umar, excuse me. The other you, Nurmagomedov, uh, Sirogan, and Sergius Mugog all got <laughs> announced. Uh, for later this year, all five round main events. Uh, you know, there's okay. been a lot of conversation about the Max Holloway Korean zombie fight as well as, uh, Corey and Nurmagomedov. Uh, those are the two fights I've most seen most talked about. A lot of people were pretty surprised at both of those. Uh, what do you think about it, man? Oh, man. For the, for the Korean zombie Max Holloway fight, I mean, we kind of already had a conversation about this, you know? Uh, Korean zombie wanted that fight. You know, he kind of mentioned Max's name and, we even talked about, like, during that era of fighters, that this is kind of one of the last guys that Max hasn't gone to fight from, you know, the Jose Aldo, Frankie area, kind of those guys. And uh, Max is down to fight him. These guys are both dogs. You know, they're both these fucking gladiators, these warriors, these fuck it, come forward guys. And they'll give us a hell of a show. Uh, you know, I heard someone say this. When you're in the UFC, you get, you know, you don't get a fun retirement fight, you know. Or you're not going to get an easy retirement fight. So nothing surprising to hear as far as the matchmaking. And like I say, Korean Zombie... You know, kind of called for this one too, and he wanted to give it a, a big fight as well. So it makes sense, and this is his last opportunity if he wants to stay kind of relevant in the division, uh, or make a big statement on his way out. I guess is probably the better way to put it. Uh, so he wants someone uh to have a fun dance with, and he chose Max Holloway. Uh, do I think it was the best choice? Uh, not not really, no. But it's a choice that he he's down for, it. and you had both of the other guys agree that his fight is what we're getting. We are getting it in Singapore, which. For my liking, a little saddening. I do wish this fight did take place in Korea rather than Singapore because Singapore was robbed of having their event at, at the start of the year and they're not, it doesn't seem like they're going to get it anymore. They're going to do it in fucking Singapore. But it is what it is. Uh, overall though, those, those are kind of my thoughts on the Max, uh, Korean zombie fight. Mm. Yeah, man. Uh, in- interesting to note, by the way. Uh, I covered this for BJPen.com, the greatest uh, MMA site on the planet. But can, you, can you say that one more time for me, Josh? I think I might have just missed it. I said that was BJPen.com, the greatest MMA site on the planet. Can you um, spell it out, too? I think I'm being... Yeah, it's, it's, oh, no, that's actually no problem. It's B-J-P-E... No, it's just... just dot com. Like, no, but anyways, yeah. Dude, Max Holloway... Uh, it's actually the widest odds for both of their careers. Max Holloway, he's a minus 1,000 favorite. And the Korean Zombie is a plus 725. He's, Max Holloway has never been that big of a favorite in his career. And the Korean Zombie has never been that big of an underdog. Jesus. Um, do you, do you, what if, what if a Korean Zombie won Josh? Like, that's the way he leaves the UFC. Well, you know what's interesting is, like, I really wonder if he is going to be competitive because, like, outside of that Volkanovski fight, and people forget, he took that one on short notice, too, and he was supposed to get shoulder surgery. Like, he was essentially a one-armed man against, you know, uh, against Volkanovski that night. That is, but, that is true. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people forget that. But I do wonder, um, you know, what, uh, like, like, how he'll actually perform. I mean, he's taken off a year, and he's gotten time to heal. Which is the right Theoretically, way. Theoretically, he should fun. be competitive. Theoretically, he should be. I don't. I don't think the minus one thousand. I think those are pretty wild odds. But yeah. we'll, we'll find out the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you obviously you cover the other fights as well. I mean, Corey. Did you see why Corey said he accepted the fight? No, I, I didn't. <clears throat> this is a quote from uh, Corey Sandhagen. He said, "I'm getting a lot of haters saying, why would you fight this far down the rankings? He's going to beat my ass.' Blah 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 blah. Two reasons. Essentially, he said, "I'm a beast, bitch." 
And that's why I took that fight. I'll see you guys in Nashville. yippee ki motherfucker. So Corey Sandhagen. I love Corey Sandhagen. I love Corey Sandhagen. One of the most underappreciated guys right in the UFC. Definitely doesn't get all the love he deserves. Yeah, right? I I fucking love him. He should be up there with Justin. Justin gave you a little popularity, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. I fucking, I love me some Corey Sandhagen. Him, he's like, why take the fight? I'm a fucking beast. That's why I took that fight. It don't matter who I face. Um, and, and the Cyril Gaunt fight, man. I mean, just as so you see that he, they fuck with Cyril Gaunt. You know, they like the guy. Because they're doing another event in Paris, and he's the main event once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a, hard, in a hard fight, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cyril Gaunt, dude, they are, uh, we'll see if his grappling's approved at all. Yeah. You know, we'll definitely see, man. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, I, I got to be honest, man, I kind of. I don't want to say I don't care about Cyril Gaon, but I'm going to need Cyril Gaon to get my respect back after the last two wins, he, the last think, two fights. I think he can. I think this would be it, – it's it's a not easy fight, and it's but it, I don't think it's the hardest fight in the world for him either, you know? So yeah. I, I, I think this would be either, either a very contested bout or maybe Cyril can have kind of a pretty sick performance. But this is a speed, speed blocks coming out party, though. Mm-hmm. He wants to put himself – It is. Yeah, I, think, I think he might go off. I'm going to be honest, dude. I think if – Depending on his game plan, I think this fight, you might go out there and maul him, dude. Circus feedback is a beast on the ground, so. He's a beast on top, yes. Yeah, but if, if he, but, you know, also, there's times where he's struggle getting to top, though. But Josh, so. if, if, if Cyril Gaunt has gone to Dagestan, oh my god, could you imagine? If, if Cyril, Dagestan Cyril is gonna be a bad motherfucker, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all my final thoughts on it, man. Any, anything else we talk about before we go ahead and close out? Uh, nothing specifically, man. I think we covered everything. I'm excited to come back next week. Obviously, an early card, which was always really fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, and obviously, a pay-per-view soon, just around the corner. A lot of big boxing left in the year. And it's always, you know, fun to talk to you every week, my guy. For sure, man. And one last thing before we got to close out. What, uh, what what do you think? I mean, he, he called him out. You want to you, you wanna see Mark Zuckerberg fuck up Elon Musk? You wanna, you wanna, <laughs> who do you They do MMA or Jiu-Jitsu. And Elon said he wants to fight him in a cage. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently Elon Musk found his balls somewhere, so now he's down to... <laughs> this is the second time he's brought up fighting somebody. I don't know what's going on with him, but I hope he figures it out, you know? By the way, um, I just saw the UFC 290 poster. Sick. It is sick, dude. They 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 finally had a good one. Well, actually, I thought that the uh, the car, the Vegas 75 poster they had with Vittoria and Kennedy, I thought that looked kind of cool. Uh, it reminded me, of the, it reminded yeah. me of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know? <laughs> It had the same uh, font, the same green font. I, I fuck with it. Did it actually? I didn't look at look up the UFC Vegas seventy five post. It was it was you know it was the one we just had. No, I, I know it. It reminds me of fucking. It. <laughs> it reminds me of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Why why is it in green? Why why does it look like they're underground? You know what I'm saying? Um, anyways, yeah, I can't remember the last poster I hella fucked with. This is probably one of them. They're pretty rare. They are pretty rare. They're like. It's like a graphic. Good. Is a graphic design guy. I fucking hate the USC's team, you know? I'm sure you do, too. I know that you know how to, like, do Photoshop and a bunch of shit, too. I mean... To an extent, like, to an extent. Obviously, not as good as some of these guys. Yeah. I mean, I've, been, I've, I've always said, if you give me the time, I can make a book and better post than some, some of these, man. So these are just... Some of these are so uncreative. They're terrible. But I can't Anyways. think... I, I can't think of the last, like, good one. Like, this one's actually... This is Kansas City one. Yeah, that like one was nice because of, the, because of the blue, but... The blue, yeah. I really can't remember 
the last like I personally can't remember the one that I really fucked with. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the UFC posters like perfectly encapsulate like everything wrong. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like I'm just saying, like I remember like back in the day you used to have some like some now back in the day they had some really bad ones too. Cause, yeah, like, they, they, they was they were either like really cool, you kinda of fucked with them. But they're dated, you know, for the time. And then you yeah. had like some that are just fucking atrocious. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, they had the fucking, I mean, there were some cool ones, but dude, like, I remember like UFC 200, I want to say, where they had the, uh, they changed it afterwards because Connor and, and Nate did not end rematch, and they had like the poster, which had the writing all over their faces and shit, and then Jake and Nate have like the same poster, Jesus. like seven years later, like side by side, you know, what, what, what's the meme, like, you know, don't top, don't copy my homework, change it a little bit, you know, like... God. Exactly what it is. But, yeah, I mean, I, we went, and went off a little bit of a tangent. But, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the show, man. You know, the um, Masvidal Diaz one is actually pretty hard. Masvidal Diaz goes hard as fuck. I love that poster. I, that's one I've always liked. That one's sick. Habib Poirier is pretty sick, too. Yeah, they've had some cool ones. But, you know, nonetheless, man, um, hope you guys enjoy the show. I'm at Josh Shemanov on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega underscore 01. Thank you to everybody who has subscribed, everybody who's hit us up, man. We love seeing... Um, the recent success. This is actually going to be uh, six months, I believe, actually, this uh, Sunday of making clips. And thanks to the, a lot of those clips, we have had so many of you join along with us for the ride, and we are so thankful for that, and we hope you guys stick around. Hope you guys enjoyed the show this week, and peace and butt grease. Mouse click.